Well, hey there, everybody. Hi, the buzzards. This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzz Killers. We did it in the same <laughs> octave. I like that. Yeah. Uh, we did it last. We did not last time, but was it last time? I don't even forget. Last time they got to see the hands. That's right. The, they did. The jazz hands. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I just like went to move my microphone and lick my lips and instead I licked the microphone. Oh, I thought you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really, really weird feeling and really gross. I thought you I'm were sorry. talking about my joke with, with Pennywise. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I was like, oh. <laughs> I like had a moment. <laughs> like, oh, dear but God, But you Michael. just licked your, you licked your screen. I'm glad, okay. I'm glad we uh, have stuck to um, this is my mic, this is yours. Yeah, yeah. I don't want your saliva mic. <laughs> don't you want to say hi to everybody? Don't you think Delicious. I'm pretty? <laughs> Delicioso. Delicioso. Did you drink your wine? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Actually. I thought I, I thought I saw you. I almost, it. I almost <laughs> did, and then I was like, no, we can't resist. No, and I put it down, anyway. and it's next to me. Hi, guys. Welcome to our last episode of Ed and Lorraine Warren Month. Woo! Woo! Well, technically not our last because the last, because the third <laughs> one will be coming out probably not very long after this one, but technically, in I, the grand scheme of things, I won't lie. So today's Wednesday, guys. I 100% forgot we were releasing the mini today. So I went to see what you posted on Instagram and I was like, a mini? What is, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's been a freaking week. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I looked at the clock and was like, shit, it's 2.30. No, I didn't even notice. And posted it 30 minutes late. Sorry guys, like Wednesdays are the one day that I work early. Mm -hmm. So I get out at, 2.30. 2.30. So I'm oh. packing up to leave at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Whereas on the other days, I still have like a couple hours left. Oh my god. So, yeah. Yep. Anyway, go listen to that episode. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's got some spook spook and spook, some spook. crime crime and crime, really? some personal experiences. <laughs> I don't think there's crime. <laughs> it's an accidental explosion. There's some boom boom. How's there's that? some boom boom. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I'm going to add that. There's some spook spook. There's some boom boom. (laughs) And there's some experiences. Experience, experiences. We experienced the spook, not the boom. Not the boom. No, no. Not thankfully. It was near the 4th of July, but we did not experience the boom. No. I was surprised no one was out there like. Honestly, doing fireworks and I, stuff. I know. It would have been like a great place to I do think fireworks. it's probably because it would attract attention. Oh, for that's sure. My, that's my best guess is that for they're sure. like waiting to see fireworks set off, set off up there. Yeah. And then they'd be like, bring the popo. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we digress. If you want more information, go listen to the mini on Split Rock Quarry. Yes, it's pretty cool. Um, And just as a reminder, guys, there will be a Patreon episode coming out. With our videos and some of our pictures and other things from Split Rock Quarry. So if you're interested in getting some of that extra content, go over to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash buzzkillerspodcast. And um, subscribe if you feel so inclined. You will get a personalized 
note from us <laughs> justin did you like your card we'll see <laughs> <laughs> i hope so <laughs> he should have gotten it by now by the time we release this anyway um yes by the time so, we released i was like didn't we just mail it <laughs> no yeah we mailed it the other day um so yeah we are on our last episode of ed and lorraine warren month next month is august and august 2nd is our um anniversary of all the first episodes coming out yep is that crazy it has been a year is that nuts i feel like we need to do a post and be like go back and listen even though the audio is terrible oh my god i know because those were good episodes i feel bad because we have like new people checking us out and they're like cool where can i listen and i'm like well you can listen here p.s like the first 10 episodes had terrible audio and i apologize to your ear walls like every podcast is like that they really are though (laughs) because even like morbid is like yeah we got way better morbid's redoing their episodes redoing their first ones Oh, well, maybe eventually they we'll like went them. back and they were like, they were like, some of our research was terrible. The audio was terrible. And like, we spent 15 minutes talking about Starbucks. So like, we're going to go back and revamp the episode, redo some notes. And honestly, I, I like the banter. I like the banter. Cause I like, people are like, oh, they're starting to fix that. And it's like, but that was why I liked them. That's exactly why I liked. And that's why we drink too, because I, it's fun. First, first of all, it makes them personable exactly and second it like it lightens the mood before you're about to talk about something that is very very dark and sometimes really sad and disturbing and like horrible yeah i I, and that doesn't bother me but apparently to bother you know there's certain people that are like well that this is this is my podcast for you then no it's not this is my podcast and i do what i want Macy, what are we drinking? I was waiting for that. <laughs> we are. I was like, I need to, I need to jump in and say this, but I'm socially awkward. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I was, I was gonna be like, let's talk about what we're drinking, <laughs> Macy, <laughs> and then give you the the side eye. Okay, hang on, I gotta grab the bottle. You can do this. I believe in you. Okay, guys, I'm actually really excited about this wine. I am too. I went on a wine haul the other day with Mama V um, at the wine warehouse Mm -hmm. and i had already told her that this is gonna be she was like what about this what about this and i was like no i'm literally gonna look through the whole store before i buy anything yeah um this is gonna be a long day um i bought a wine called werewolf i love it it's a chardonnay and guys it's a product of transylvania hell yeah i love it um, okay, so I'm going, and it's amazing because I got a lot of white wine this time. You did, which is beautiful. Three out of the four were it's white. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna read the back of what it, like what it says on the bottle, but it doesn't really talk about the flavors. But I found what the flavors, so we're gonna okay. talk about that too. Okay, werewolf Chardonnay wine of Romania. Werewolves are easy to spot as they have several common characteristics: red hair. The bottle has a black-haired werewolf on it just for context Um, (laughs) eyebrows that join in the middle index and middle fingers that are the same length love of rare or raw meat hairs on the palms of the hands and hair on the insides of the skin a tough one to check for a howling good time even without a full moon this wine may put hair on your palms (laughs) (laughs) for a howling good time howling good time oh okay um, so notes of tropical fruit, pineapple, melon, and banana. B A N A N. Banana yes. in wine. I know. Oaky, 
lush and round with fruit flavors. Pairs well with fish, seafood, light hors d'oeuvres, and grilled chicken for a howling good time with or without the full moon. Yay! Yay! Grown and vinified in Transylvania. All right. Ready? Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. <gasps> that is so good. I love it. I love it. I can taste the banana. And I don't hate it. Do you? You taste the banana, mm-hmm. right? Oh, what do we normally do? Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about Sorry, that. You were like, cheers. And I was like, mm, cheers. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. That's so good. That is amazing. That is the best Chardonnay I've ever had. By far. By none. I really like this. Guys, go pick up some werewolf. Guys. Werewolf! Well, we love you. I'm giving it a five. Five out of five. This has got a 10 out of 10, guys. 10 out of 10 mouthfeels. 10 out of 10 mouthfeels. Invest in some werewolf wine. <gasps> oh, my God. Fuck, yeah. This is great. As we just proceed to drink our entire glass at once. It's I get the oaky. Mm-hmm. Like it's the, at the after kind of taste. Yeah. But that initial first taste is so fruity. It's so good. And it's kind of sparkly. Do you get that? Yeah. My sister is cringing again. I love it. That's amazing, you guys. Okay. That's incredible. <laughs> I haven't had a wine where I was like, ooh. Whoa. Like in a long time. No, wait. That's not true. We liked the... I mean, we always tend to keep the bottles we were, of the ones we We like. were very shocked by the Zinfandel. From for, Michael David Winery. From Michael David Winery. Yeah, we liked that one. And I, we did like the Chardonnay from Freak Show. Oh, and we, no, it was, um, I'm sorry. not Six Cents. Th- it was Six Cents. Yeah, I'm the staring, Syrah. I'm staring at Zinfandel. I meant the Syrah. The because Syrah. we had tried the Petite Petite Syrah, and I we didn't, didn't like really so like much. it. So we were like, oh, well, no, another that Syrah. We, Michael David Winery, that is no diss. Not that we don't like you. It's just our personal palate. <laughs> I cannot handle <laughs> red wine I really that either. much. So... The fact that your Syrah but got me good. I was going to say the six cents Syrah was like. Amazing. Whoa. And we liked their Zinfandel too and their Chardonnay. We have like four Michael David Winery. I know. Bottles like right here. Um, not sorry. N- sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry about what I said. That's a musical. Oh, I was. I, I would have gone Demi Lovato. Baby, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sorry. <laughs> no, I. Uh, I just broke somebody's speakers. And they're like, <laughs> God damn it. Anybody who. <laughs> is like a musical freak like me i don't know if we have any listeners that are musical freaks like me but it's the musical six about um the wives of oh, king henry yeah. the yeah i remember you telling me about this it's and got really good music it's got really good music it's so poppy and i kind of hate musicals that are like that but i kind of love this one <laughs> anyway guys 10 out of 10 mouthfeel <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to the wine back to the wine on um the werewolf and nicole what are we talking about today? I'm excited to hear about this one. Oh, okay. So if you guys listened to the crossover episode we did with Stephen Queens mm-hmm. on their podcast. Spoiler we alert. Movie, we <laughs> did drop what I was covering. <laughs> and I like said it. And then we ended the episode and you were like, you said what you were covering. And I was like, oh, no. Oops. Oh, well. <laughs> Whatever. It's <laughs> like so it can be the extra spoiler if you choose to go listen to Stephen Queens. <laughs> um, but this week I... Uh, I have gone in reverse order. Uh, I talked about Conjuring 2 last week, and now I'm talking about the original Conjuring movie, The Perrin Family, and the house in ha- their house in Harrisville, Rhode Island. It's crazy, because we covered all three, and you guys will get the third Conjuring episode soon, but With, we covered all three yeah. of the movies this month. We did. 
which is awesome. Which is so interesting. So much spooky snack, Patrick Wilson. I love it. We got to watch so much. I, I almost like just on purpose rewatched the movie the other night and Ryan was like, can we please not watch a scary movie right now? And I was like, fine, I'll watch it when you're not here. And I you will enjoy my like, spooky snack on my own. You should have just been like, Maisie, come over and finish the movie because I watched it and then fell asleep with you. Yeah. You, like, you, like, you fell asleep and then I got a little freaked out. So I went outside with the boys and then I felt bad because you woke up in the middle of like the scariest part of the movie. In the middle of the exorcism. And I had it really loud. And you like came to the door and you were like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, uh, sorry. Memorial Day weekend was fun, guys. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about the conjuring house. Oh, guys, this is a wild fucking ride. I'm excited. So I'm going to tell you right off the bat. There is a few sources that I relied heavily on. One of them is the book that actually is written by one of the Perrin children. Oh. Um, it is written by Andrea Perrin, which was the oldest daughter who lived okay. in the house. Okay. 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 Um, hold on. I just like totally blanked on what the frick it was called. Good thing we list our sources. <laughs> house of Darkness, House of Light. Okay. And now, just so you know, I read volume one. There are three volumes. Yikes. They are quite large. That's the reason I did not read all three of them. <laughs> they are about 600 pages each. each. And they are long. Like, it's long. They're big fucking lot books. Of, lot of information-heavy so, stuff. And it is... I, I The book... She is a very good writer. Oh, nice. It was you very, very enjoyable. I It, like, isn't told from her perspective... She kind of just, I think she, I think it's third person where it's like, it's like Carolyn and Andrea and just like says all oh, their so names. Oh, so she just says There's no names. I. It's not first person. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, it's third person. I was right. <laughs> yes, you were right. <laughs> my English teacher is smacking me from a distance. Um, <laughs> if they're even listening. My, my high school English teacher, English, English teacher. Oh God, he's smacking me for that too. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> um um, but they are i honestly highly recommend reading these books they're very very good um you they're really hard to find i got them off of amazon they do have a little bit of a higher price tag they're like 25 dollars a book wow Um, which is also another reason i did not read all three books because that would have been 75 dollars on books that i don't have so (laughs) um (laughs) if you'd like um go read this that and then um Oh, no, I guess that was my biggest source. <laughs> I have a lot. I was like, because I, I, I was going to use um, the documentary that I was supposed to watch. And then it was like. It came out like really close to when you were supposed to. It came this. out last Friday, but it was more of um, current. And it was just like a documentary crew who stayed the night. It wasn't really about the history of the house. Okay. Oh, okay. And so I had written it down and it's definitely not one of my bigger sources. <laughs> okay. I mean, whatever, whatever, whatever. You watched it. No, I didn't. I ended up not watching it. Oh, never mind. Because I ended up having so many notes, which I will tell you guys, um, there is no, I'm not going to talk about the Ghost Adventures episode. I'm not going to really deep dive into this documentary. I'm not going to tell you about the Kindred Spirits episode. You can go find those on your own. I will list them in the show notes so you know what they're called, what episodes they are. Um, 
but I didn't think after nine pages of notes that you needed another like 45 minutes of me just like recounting episodes of TV shows. So (laughs) I will let you go watch those on your own if you would like some current spooks. So like I said, we are going to be talking about The Conjuring House. Yay! And that The Conjuring House, for those who do not know, unlike the movie, is not located in Connecticut. The movie says it's in Connecticut. It is not. The actual Conjuring House is located at 1677 Round Top Road in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Do not go there without permission. I will tell you guys at the end, a new family has recently purchased this home. They do allow investigations by payment and scheduling only. You cannot just show up at this house unannounced. They do have a very good security system. Yeah. As somebody who's from Massachusetts, this house was about 45 minutes from where I grew up. I have driven past it. Bunch of times. I never stopped. We, like, drove past it, got really freaked out, and left. Yeah. But we never stopped. We never went onto the people's property. That's a no-no. Don't do that, please, friends. Don't trespass. Don't be an asshole. Follow the rules. Well... If you are interested, <laughs> we're like I said, we're I'm, not the best ones to say that <laughs> since we technically well, did it, that at Split Rock. But we, the thing is, though, we went to a place that is an abandoned old. Yeah, it's not somebody that's something that anybody not like, somebody's house. It's not somebody's business. It was it's abandoned up there. Guys. Do not harass these but people. Don't hear. No, I will come. Don't for you. harass them. Have you ever heard someone say Harris instead of like that would be appropriate because it's in Harrisville, Rhode Island. <gasps> Don't, don't harass don't people harass in Harrisville. Don't harass people in Harrisville. <laughs> oh my God. I hate myself. Okay. Okay. Um, so this home was actually built in 1736. Wow. It's very, very old. Um, and like I mentioned, um, you can go investigate this house now if you so desire. I will give you more details about that at the end. So stick around if you want to know more about that. Cool. Um, but in order for me to tell you about the story of the parent family in the Conjuring House... I have to take you a little bit further back in time. (gasps) So, (laughs) before the Perrin family lived in this infamous farmhouse, a woman by the name of Bathsheba Sherman owned it. Okay. So, Bathsheba was born in 1812 in Rhode Island. Did not give me any more information than just the state. Um, Got it. In 1944, she married... I'm sorry, 1844. I cannot type. <laughs> I literally wrote 1944. <laughs> <laughs> she was 130-something years and old. And she finally got married. <laughs> it took her long enough. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so in 1844, she married a farmer named Jud- uh, Judson Sherman. And the pair moved into their own farmland, and they called it Sherman Farm. Okay. Sherman Farm is located directly next to the Conjuring House, got which it. at the time... Uh, came to be known as the Arnold Estate. And this is because of the generations of family that lived there were the Arnolds. Got it. Um, so Bathsheba and her husband actually owned this property and rented it out at first. I could not find any information about when it transferred hands to okay. the Arnolds. But eventually it did not belong to the neighbors anymore. It was just solely the Arnolds. Okay. So it belonged to Bathsheba and her husband and at some for point, a while. And yeah. then eventually the at Arnolds own At some point after she passes away and time goes on, it falls solely to the Arnolds. Got it. Got it. Okay. Somewhere in there. Um, but I, I, like I said, I could not find that information. If you have that information, I 
be in serious send it i'd be seriously impressed please send it to me um (laughs) so they um the family did really well for themselves with their own farm and they started their family there at the age of 37 bathsheba gave birth to their first child and his name was herbert herbert um so a lot of bathsheba's history is legend okay so according to legend after she gave birth to Herbert, and Herbert was recorded in one of Rhode Island's previous census. So Bathsheba, her husband, and the son did exist. This was a true, like, this is accurate. Okay. This part, nobody's really 100% positive about. Legend has it, after she gave birth to Herbert, she also had three more children. These children were Julia, Edward, and George supposedly none of them lived to be older than five to ten years old every source i read varied some said seven some said ten some said five i was like okay they said the only belief is that they all possibly died before the next census was conducted and i know now censuses sense sensei sensei census <laughs> sounds like a sensei, sensei. <laughs> sensei. <laughs> um, I, now they conduct a census every year I mean, this was in the middle of the 1800s. I don't know how often they conducted a census. If you know, please tell us. Um, So it's possible that these children were born and died before another census was taken. That was one theory. Got it. um, That was out in the atmosphere. Um, (laughs) So the local rumors believed that Bathsheba was actually a witch who practiced devil worship. Witchcraft. The rumors grew infinitely. When uh, um, she was caring for an infant that was not her own, um, and it died in her care. The infant um, was said to have been examined and determined to have died from a puncture wound caused by a sewing needle to the base of the skull. What? Um, so they a say- A sewing needle? Yeah. To the back of a baby's skull. What the like fuck? The, yeah. So- it says that she was tried for this, but was cleared due to lack of evidence. Um, they were convinced that she had killed this child as a sacrifice to Satan. Um, <laughs> I will tell you. The way? I will tell you that people have looked into this. There are no records of this. So it's There's, possibly even just legend. It is possible that this is just legend. Uh, um okay they looked into the murder the trial there is no formal records of this and i mean unless the <clears throat> records were lost you'd still be able to find something exactly like you can find her recorded in the census but you can't find a record that she murdered somebody's baby and, and then went, went to, to trial, trial for, for it, it. I mean, unless, like, all of those records burned up in some random fire, like... Exactly. That seems pretty implausible. Okay. So take that as you will. (laughs) Um, But remember that, because that that is an important story. Got it. So, no, I do not want to type right now. I'm telling you, my tablet... Nicole's using my tablet this time. There we go. I accidentally clicked too hard, and it was like, do you want to edit this? And it, like, brought up your little keyboard thing, and I was like, no! (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) Nay, I say. Nay. (laughs) Nay. (laughs) So history says that Bathsheba was also really not a friendly person. They said that um, her treatment of her farm staff was just absolutely horrible. She beat them. She starved them. She was not a good person. Oh. Um, 
Eventually, Bathsheba did pass away in the spring of 1885, um, just four years after her husband passed away in 1881. Okay. She is buried in a grave at the Harrisville Cemetery, which if you go into my show notes, there's findagrave.com where you can see a picture of her gravestone and it will tell you where you can find her. You sent me a picture of that, didn't you? Yes. (gasps) Because if you guys remember in the movie... They use the name Bathsheba for the demon. The demon. Yeah. We got to go visit Mama Morelli. And so. And go see the. Mama M. Mama Morelli. Um, <laughs> go see the. I can um, make an alliteration. Mama Marie Morelli. It's her middle name. She'll, <laughs> she's going to hit me. <laughs> She'd be like, God damn it. Stop talking about me. Um, <laughs> My mama loves it. <laughs> <laughs> She'll probably be like, no, it was fine. Just don't tell everybody my middle name. God. Um. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so um, so my thing just came out of my mic. Did your mic just like disconnect and turn off? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there might be a brief silence on Macy's end. Just on my end, yeah. Okay, we were sorry. only laughing. It's okay. Um, so many claim that um, Bathsheba died because she hung herself. Which this, is what they say in the movie, right? Yes. Okay. This is not true. Um, the actual autopsy... Well, not really autopsy, but like death. Death report death or whatever. Death report. Um, says that she died after a fit of paralysis. That is her official cause of death. Many believe that means a stroke. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but they said that she became very stiff after this, like very quickly. So she went into rigor very quickly. And legend says that upon her death, she turned to stone. Um, so that is the legend of Bathsheba. And, you know, that's just rigor mortis, but okay. remember her name. <laughs> right. Um, so I love how her name is Bathsheba. And then her like last name is Sherman. <laughs> right. Bathsheba Sherman. What a name. Um, her original last name was Thayer. And then when she got married, it became Sherman. <gasps> Bathsheba Thayer. What a name. Like, I wouldn't change my name to Sherman. Right. Be like, I'd be like, my name's there. Fuck you. You can change your last name, Judson. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Judson Thayer actually sounds pretty cool, too. Yeah. I would have taken that last name. God damn it. Anyway. Well, that was like a no-no back then. I know. You took your husband's last name. Now we're like, I do what I want. Um, I was going to hyphenate my last name, but you know how long my last name would have um, been? Van Norton Amy. <laughs> and then trying to tell people how to spell that would have been my absolute favorite. I know. But telling them how to spell Amy now is still hard. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Because everybody's like A-M-Y, right? And you're like, no. no. It's like eight without the T and then an M-E-Y. <laughs> exactly. That's what Tyler says. You mm-hmm. did the same thing. That's how I remembered how to spell it. Oh. <laughs> I remember trying to spell your name once. I don't remember what it was for, but I was like, Probably the podcast. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. Bathsheba died. Anyway, we're moving on. So the house next door, as I mentioned, was the Arnold State. There was also some very, very important history about the Arnold Estate. Okay. So as I mentioned, Bathsheba and her husband did own this property for a little while. Um, but it was for eight generations lived in by Arnold's. Eight generations? Eight generations up until it was sold to the Perrin family. Yikes. So <laughs> during these eight generations, there was a lot of death. Oh. A lot of death. Well, one of the heads of the home at one point, her name was Susan Arnold. She was the wife of John Arnold. 
she actually um, went out into the barn at 93 years old and hung herself. Um, That's a, I mean. Yep. You made it that far. I don't. Something bad had to happen. And I, there's or like, you didn't want to live anymore. Listen, I guess. There's no backstory. They there's just, just like a list of people that died. <gasps> so okay. that's what I'm about to give you. Oh, God. Um, there is Prudence Arnold, who was 11 years old and a little bit of a trigger warning, guys. Um, uh, Prudence was brutally raped and then murdered. She had her throat slit by the farmhand who wanted her hand in marriage and was pissed. She said no. At 11. She was 11. He was 35. Macy's face says it all, and I wish you could see it. <laughs> I'm, that makes me so upset that there were not, like, laws about that back then. Right. And that people could get mad about that. <laughs> like, you can't, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's just. It's she was awful. 11. You did tell me that story, but you didn't tell me she was 11. Yep, she was <gasps> 11. Oh, I'm sorry that an 11-year-old said no to you and your f- fragile right? masculinity. She's busy playing with her dolls. She don't want your dick. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's not funny. That's I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's not funny. That's not but funny. I made it. I'm, yeah, okay. Nicole made it funny, but it's not I try, funny. It's, it's, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> so um, a man by the name of Johnny Arnold um, hung himself in the attic of the home. Oh. Um, a descendant named Sally Eady um, and her two children died on the property of Typhus. Um, multiple children were reported to have drowned in the creek that's behind the home. A man named Brinton actually died outside on the property after succumbing to the elements when he passed out drunk in the middle of winter. Um, there's also a report of four other men and it said they were possibly soldiers that froze to death on the property. This is what I could find. There is a lot of argument online about where these deaths were some people say that some of these deaths did not happen on this property take what you will. that was few sources take that as you will if you'd like to dive deeper be my guest um but for what i could find those are the deaths attributed with the property those are mentioned in the book got it oh wait if they're mentioned in the book yeah. That seems pretty okay. Yeah. I mean, she probably sh- would have researched that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just be like, there were these deaths on the property. <laughs> there was lots of deaths. Because somebody would research it and be like, nah, bitch, you wrong. <laughs> right? <laughs> and she'd be like, ah. Right. <laughs> so now that you have the history of 1677. 16, yes, 1677. 16, I love when I get it right. 1677 Round Top Road in Harrisville, Rhode Island. I am going to bring in the parents. So, well, you got the history of the home. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit of history of the parents before they moved to the home. Oh, because okay. what what causes them to move to this home is like a is big deal, a really big deal. Okay, um, because. Sorry, we're refilling our wine. There was just a lot of negative things, and I am going to immediately start with a big-ass trigger warning. I am going to talk about some animal death. (gasps) It is not good animal death. It is very gruesome animal death, and I am sorry. Now, I am going to talk about two different things over the course of the next, like, five minutes. So if you'd like to skip ahead, I do not blame you. 
Yeah, skip if you don't B-A-T-W. like this. B-A-T-W. So, in the 1960s, the Perrin family was actually living on Mohawk Street in Cumberland, Rhode Island. Okay. The family consisted of the parents, Carolyn and Roger, and they had five daughters, Andrea, Cindy, Nancy, Christine, and April. Okay. Um, at this time, Cumberland was a relatively small, quaint town. They were enjoying raising their family there, but this did not last long. Um, anybody who knows Cumberland is like not the greatest place. It's actually back up and coming right now. It went through a very dark period after it became very city-like. Okay. Um, so I was actually literally just in Cumberland the last time I went home. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> well, you like, drove like, right past this, didn't you? So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Well, no, I went um, I went to a restaurant there, actually. Oh, we took Cumberland? my dad to a place in Cumberland for Father's Day. Father's Day. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Cumberland began growing rapidly, and when the population exploded, a lot of bad things started happening there. There was a lot more people, a lot more crime, crime, and, and just like that. problems. Got it. So, incoming big ass trigger warning. So, the parents had actually gifted their their children with a dog. Um, they loved this puppy. Andrea was super bonded with it. She was the oldest. She was kind of the one that took care of it. Absolutely doted on this puppy. Mm. Loved it. Um, now I'm, this information comes straight from the book. Andrea Perrin wrote this. Take this as you will. I found this very odd and a little too coincidental. I don't know how I feel about it. I couldn't confirm it anywhere else. Okay. The mother, Carolyn, named the dog. And she said that this name just came to her. They named the dog Bathsheba. What? Yep. I had to read it. I had to read it like four times. I was like, did that just say they named the dog Bathsheba? That's fucking weird. I was like, that. I want like, this is you. This is your family. This is your story. And I just find that almost slightly too far fetched to believe that she just was like, oh, it just came to me. And I named the dog Bathsheba. I was like. That's, yeah. Very that's weird. Odd. Okay. But the dog's that's name weird. was supposedly Bathsheba. Um, so they had this puppy for about a year. And then tragedy struck. Uh. Went out on a walk one day. Um, Andrea was walking with all of her sisters. There was a car that went by really, fu- really quickly, full of high schoolers that were making lots of noise, shouting out the windows. And it really spooked the puppy. And it took off and it went across the road and it made it to the sidewalk and it kind of sat there and they waited half a second and they tried to call the dog back. Just go over to the dog. Just go over to the dog. So I'll explain to you in a moment where this was. So because I've been here. So it's like hard. I've been on this road. Okay. I know where this is. Um. Uh, you I, like this is so weird. There was a lot of par- par- parts of this that I was like, "Have been there. This is weird. Know this place." Um, so they tried to call the dog back, and they were kind of on a tight corner. And as the dog started to come back across the road, a car came around the corner. Car oh, did I not. The car did not hit the dog directly. <sighs> the leash got stuck around the tire. If you'd like to really read the gruesome details go ahead and read the book i'm not gonna recite this cry. um <laughs> oh there's more i was 
I like I do this thing where I read through my notes oh. when I, like at the end to make sure everything's in order and makes sense. And I was having a really hard time getting through this part. So unfortunately, um, a, somebody saw this happen and the police station was literally seconds down the street. The witness ran, got a police officer and the police officer came right away. The policeman told the girls to run home. He told them just go home. As they were running home, they heard two gunshots. <gasps> the puppy was too injured to be saved. Oh. Um, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not. Gonna I'm cry. okay, guys. I'm sorry. I have to like, put, like, put, tell you why I'm so upset. My cat like literally died this year by getting hit by a car, and that was the last time we had like not this past time that we had like no episode, but the one before that. Is why we didn't have an episode. <laughs> I'm literally crying. This, okay, keep like, going. No, you're good. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is very pertinent to the story. Otherwise, I wouldn't oh. tell it. But it, I was reading it, and I was like, this is going to fucking break me and Maisie. Oh man, I can't, I'm like that person that like can't uh, like in horror movies, like when the dog or the cat, like something happens to the pet, like I can't do anything. Listen, like I'm just like I'll stop watching. Five minutes into the first John Wick movie, I was bawling like a motherfucking baby. No. No. And then it like literally <laughs> happened to me this year. So yeah. like Okay, keep reading. I'm just not You're gonna, good. You're good. I'm just gonna um, close my eyes. So <laughs> this happened on Diamond Hill Road for who those who do not know, this is an interstate highway basically that runs through Cumberland. It is only a two lane road, but it is I can't remember what the actual they it has like a number. Yeah. It's like um it's a main, main road. Okay. This is a very busy, heavily traveled road. Um, there's actually reasons I've been there. There's actually a place along this road called Haunted Hill. And Haunted Hill is one of those Halloween attractions where they do like that, like path through the forest. And there's like people that chase you with chainsaws and like spooky stuff like that. And that's been there for as long as I can remember. I've gone to that so many times when I was in high school. Um, (laughs) and just a, a fun fact, I had to put this in here because I did not realize this until I literally Googled where this was. Off of Diamond Hill Road is a place called Tower Hill Road. Okay. Tower Hill Road is haunted. Actually oh. haunted. Oh. Um, people see apparitions of children. They see weird lights. There is a Bigfoot creature that has been spotted there that people call Man Monkey. Um... This one I didn't know until I was reading the sources online. I was like, this one's a little weird. But people say they see zombies. Don't. I'm not questioning it. But it was in every single source I read. And I was like, I'm writing it. Okay. Um, and of most of all, many people claim this road is haunted by spirits of Native Americans who actually died during the King Philip War in the 1600s. And as somebody who's been down this road, it is a very close road. It's one of those roads that, like, one person has to stop so another person can drive by. It's super windy. Like, you're on a curve every five fucking seconds. You cannot go faster than, like, 15 miles an hour. And it is dense forest. It's, like, houses, and they get a little bit more spare, like, sparse. And then, all of a sudden, you're just in the middle of the fucking woods. And it's heavy out there. People go out there, and there's satanic symbols painted on the trees. And I have been down it in the daytime and the nighttime, and it is fucking horrifying. Just in case anybody wants to go there, have fun. I'm going to yeet myself right out of there right now. So. Um, so the family then had to start dealing with local troublemakers. 
So on top of the loss of their dog and the fact that Andrea started to become very depressed because of this, they said that, like, she just lost her spirit. This, Man, like, when you see something like that shit ha- like that happen, and that's she, not... And she was okay. very... They were very young at this time. Oh, man. She was only a teenager. Like, a very early teenager. So, okay. um, they started having problems in the town with a group of boys that were, like, completely wreaking havoc. Um, this group of men actually attempted to uh, sexually assault a girl, and she was found bound and gagged to a local playground. Um, Carolyn, the mother, became extremely worried about her daughters, was like, you're not going anywhere you go to school. You come back. If you want to play, you're in the backyard. You do not go anywhere. Like, I mean, yeah. Um, so sense to me. (laughs) Like I said, they were really still struggling with the death, and now they couldn't the death of the puppy and they couldn't go anywhere and so they decided to plan a weekend getaway they take this weekend getaway during which rather uh, roger's mom actually watched their home um upon returning home the refreshed vacation feeling only lasted so long oh no i'm going to supply you with another big ass trigger warning please hit your skip buttons Upon pulling in, they found their front door wide open and the house was totally ransacked. The first thing they noticed was on the picnic table outside the home, one of their cats had been badly beaten to death and left on top of the table. Oh my god. The other three cats could not be found. I'm not gonna cry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um personal belongings were totally destroyed or they were just missing completely they destroyed their furniture they stole food from their fridge um eventually one of the other cats did come home it had been badly beaten but it survived oh, man. um a few days later a young boy actually approached the house and claimed to have witnessed what happened He said that the next-door neighbor's boy had planned the break-in with friends and was the one who had tortured and killed the cat. Um, And he was basically the cause of the whole thing. But he, like, enlisted the other boys? The boy also said that this kid had stolen one of the three cats and sold it. I would sue that. I would. (laughs) I'm sorry. I would be like, this little kid just told me, you beat the shit out of my cat and beat the shit out of my other cat. And he thankfully survived. And you took my third cat and sold it. I'm taking you to court for every fucking cent. I'm going to tell you have. You're going to be pissed and then you're going to clap. Okay. So Carolyn confronted the neighbor. She went next door and confronted them. The mother denied that her son would ever do anything like that. When the boy emerged from his room upstairs, he was covered in scratches. He had clearly been the one that hurt the cats. And the mother continued to deny it. The family tried... I'd be like, okay, here's this police officer. (laughs) The family tried to file a police report, but there was no proof. They had nothing. Other than the kid that has scratches all over him? They did nothing about it. Absolutely nothing came from the police report. Um, and I will say, I know there they said there was four cats. They never mentioned the fourth one. I don't know if it came home. 
they do have cats later on in the story they didn't say like they found it they didn't say it came home it was gone they didn't mention a conclusion for the fourth cat which okay. really really bothered me i went back and read the section like eight times i was like where's the other cat um <laughs> 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 My ass was like, I need to know. I like need uh, to hug Lane right now. I need to go get my cat and like <laughs> snuggle her. I wish she'd come upstairs. Um, so when police refused to take action, Andrea took matters into her own hands. Yes. Yes, queen. She waited till a day that he was not surrounded by his older brothers and followed him. She came across him on the street and proceeded to beat him senseless. I'm so glad. She didn't even stop when his eyes were swollen shut and she felt his nose break under her hand. Ugh. <laughs> I was like, girl, same. Oh I told you, I was like, you're going to clap for that. I'm serious. If I could find the person who hit my cat in the road, I would burn the world. I, I would seriously burn the world to find them. I don't know who did it. They drove away. Like, I... I would help you. I want to find whoever the fuck did that. Like, good good on you, Andrea. I'm sorry. I don't condone violence usually, but, like, fuck you. If you're, like, that fucking, like, sadistic that you would hurt a defenseless animal exactly go fuck yourself go fuck yourself um i would literally be like there's no evidence to prove that i beat the shit out of your kid right <laughs> nobody saw this other than his word <laughs> um so there was a few other small events after this that kind of started to make the parents feel very <sighs> unwelcome in their neighborhood um there was um a man that had a heart attack and crashed into the rocks in their front yard um, he ended up passing away. Carolyn tried to bring them a cake as like, a, I'm so sorry for your loss. The family shut the door in her face and told her to leave. Because like he, by accident. Because it was their front yard. Like it was horrible. It's they, like, I would be like, thanks. I don't really want to see you right now, but yeah. you can leave the cake on the step. I appreciate you. I just don't. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I just, <laughs> I like, Blink. I'm like right where I needed to start reading. And then I panicked and I was like, did I already say that? And I have not said that already. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like I said, they started to feel really unwelcome and Carolyn and Roger started to talk about moving. Okay. They had agreed to move, but not soon. They didn't have a lot of money. They had five children. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, it was not really time. Then, Roger went on a business trip. <laughs> While Roger was on said business trip, Carolyn came across a listing in the newspaper for a beautiful farmhouse on 200 acres of land out in Harrisville, Rhode Island. And guys, just so you know, the house that, the actual house does not look like the house in the movie. Oh, not at, at all. all. Not like, that's, all. like, a beautiful plantation-looking house. The barn? House. The barn is literally five feet from the road. Yeah, it's not that it's far. It's, like, on the road. You sent me a video of where it is. Like, yeah. Like, it's not far at all. So, like, if you're thinking, oh, yeah, the Conjuring House, I know what that looks like. You don't. Like, it's out in the middle of the boonies. No, it's really not. It's, like, I mean, it's kind of a quiet, desolate street. there, But there's houses on each side and across from it. Like, Yeah. And I'm surprised if there's so much activity that those other houses on either side of it haven't, right, like, said anything. Anyway, I digress. So, 
she decided she wanted to go view this home. Mm-hmm. She got a babysitter to watch the kids, and she went in toward the house alone. Um, she immediately fell in love with it. She was like, this is where I want to be. There's this massive yard. The house is huge. This was, This is just the small town life that we're looking for to raise our kids. This is it. And she said it was like something just drew her in the moment she stepped foot on the property. She just felt this like, this is my place. And whatever that thing that drew her in was, whether it was good or bad, oh. we'll let you discover that for yourself. <laughs> um, she even actually got, to t- got the chance to talk to the person who was owning the home at the, t- the time. It was a single old man. His name was Mr. Kenyon. They didn't say his first name in the book. Okay. Don't know why, but he is always referred to as Mr. Kenyon. But um, he's not an Arnold. I don't know. I mean, I unless... I literally do not know. Unless an Arnold married another... It's also yeah. possible she changed extra names in the books. Okay, that's so true. So I okay. don't... Okay. This is from her book. I, this is not websites. This is straight from the book. Got it, got it. Got it. So after touring the home, speaking with uh, Mr. Kenyon... She decided she was going to write a check for $500 to put a deposit on the house. $500? Yep. This is enough to hold the home. Beach, sign me up. (laughs) Fucking right, man. (laughs) I could have four houses right now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And still have extra. And still have some money left I'm not that poor. (laughs) Yeah. I just realized, okay, yeah, we're good. Um, (laughs) So when Roger got home from his trip, he obviously was none too thrilled that Carolyn had put almost the entirety of their savings onto this house. Um, $500? Yeah. This was like, this (laughs) literally in the book, she said um, she put almost everything they had down and it left enough for them to like buy milk and bread. I was like, you had five children. A husband and a house and all the shit you had to pay for. You got five hundred dollars and that was enough. What? <laughs> I'd move today. <laughs> I was like, right. When can you be out so I can be in? Right. Like, bitch, please. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's literally a third of my rent, my monthly rent. Um, <laughs> anyway. So um like I said, Roger was not that happy, but when Carolyn took Roger and the family out to the farm so that they could see it, Roger also fell in love with it and was okay. like, okay, we'll try to make this work. Well, Mis- you gotta. <laughs> Mr. Kenyon was very excited that they were going to be the ones purchasing the house and even said, like, if you need extra time, I'll give you extra time. No worries. At one point, he even lowered the price for them because they were struggling to make the payments. Okay, but that seems suspicious to me. I'm trying to get rid of it. So, in the <laughs> late 1970s, Carolyn and Roger finally closed on the farm. Okay. And in January of 1971, they moved themselves and their five daughters into the home located in Harrisville, Rhode Island. And this is where shit begins. Okay, the real <laughs> shit. The real shit. So, <laughs> the home, which, like we mentioned, looks absolutely nothing like the movie, sat on 
at that time about 200 acres of farmland now it's only eight and a half acres okay um that i got off of zillow no (laughs) um it had 14 rooms it has four bedrooms and two bathrooms and it's about 3100 square feet do you know what's crazy because i've seen this house like you know you didn't watch the kindred spirits episode but i did but i watched ghost adventures and you watched ghost adventures but i didn't see that one but the house looks small it looks very small. Like from the outside, it looks really small. But it's then when they got inside, I was like, "What the fuck? There's so many rooms." It's it right. It like it almost looks like a little tiny ranch. And then you go inside and you're like, "There's more than one floor in here," and like it is set up. There's more than one floor. It's oh, oh there's two floors. Yes. Oh yeah, yes, there's yes, two yes, floors, yes. and it's set up very odd. But yes. yeah, it's a big house. That's crazy. Okay. Um, so it was actually rumored to have been part of the underground railroad oh fact that was in the book and i was like what <laughs> i didn't find that verified anywhere else what? i literally didn't see it anywhere else but it was in andrea parent's book um so um at this point they had visited the farm so many times before moving in that mr Kenyon was like their best friend <laughs> he well, actually frequently came back occasionally frequently came back occasionally that was the english i just used occasionally came back he occasionally came back and would like spend time with the family he thought Aww. the girls were adorable um at one point roger even joked that mr Kenyon had a crush on carolyn <laughs> um so that's kind of weird one visit <laughs> before they moved in mr Kenyon asked roger to take a walk with him roger was like bt dubs your house is haunted bro there's a blizzard outside where we walk and (laughs) (laughs) okay but they went outside and they took a walk off into the yard carolyn said that by the time they like stopped she basically couldn't see them it was snowing that hard oh yikes roger said that nothing was said until they got to the point of stopping mr Kenyon turned and said one thing to him and this is a direct quote for the sake of your family Leave the lights on at night. Let That's that, it? Let that sink in. And then he turned and walked back to the house. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Well, Roger was skeptic. So. He's like, haha, fuck that. He's like, whatever. That's weird. Old man. Crazy. <laughs> anyway. So not long after that, the parents began experiencing things. A lot of the activity in the home is often attributed to one specific person. I will mention this later on for a reason. So right now you don't get to know. Um, In the book, um, Andrea talked about the fact that originally this wasn't something that was mentioned among the family. So like in the movie, when all the kids start freaking out, being like, I saw this. That didn't happen at first. Okay. Nancy was like, this is kind of cool. A little weird. Christine completely ignored it. Cynthia was fucking terrified of it. And April, as Andrea said in the book, didn't want others to know about her new imaginary friend. No, don't talk to that person. It started with very little things. Toys would move around. The kids often blaming their siblings, being like, yo, I went to the bathroom. Why did you mess with my toys? Like, what's going on? Ugh. And the kids really never took notice of the fact that whoever they were blaming was like, what are you talking about? 
I didn't do that. They never like noticed. Okay. That's that weird. every right. time I mean, the kids are just like, okay, my sibling's denying this, whatever. But it was every single time. It wasn't like, yeah, I played a prank on you. It was like, no, I didn't do that. Every time. Yikes. Okay. So they argued and they fought a lot and things slowly kind of started to escalate a little bit. At this point, Carolyn also started to notice things around the house that were really, really strange. Um, one of the things she noticed most was that her broom would go missing and she'd find it in really odd places and she would even hear the broom sweeping the floor in rooms that nobody was in and like she'd come home and would find piles of dirt like somebody had swept the floor and nobody'd been home that's weird so it was like really weird but also not bad but they're not like thinking anything bad about it exactly okay 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 so this quickly started to snowball um the children then began seeing ghostly figures around the house from children to adults they were never angry spirits they were kind of docile and friendly but they saw these spirits um the daughters often claimed that one child spirit would actually play with them and that um there was also an adult female spirit who was known for tucking them into bed at night and kissing their foreheads goodnight I, yeah, I remember hearing about that. Um, in an interview that I read with Cynthia and Andrea, Cynthia had said, when we first moved into the house for the first two months, there was a woman that came and kissed me every night on the forehead that I thought was my mother. And Andrea says in response, but mom smelled like ivory soap and the spirit smelled like flowers and fruit. Hmm. Um, so again, not really harmful. Just weird. But just weird. Then it got a little worse. The children started being shaken awake by unseen forces. They started noticing that they, their cats and their new puppy were very um, behaving very strangely. There was certain areas of the house that the animals wouldn't go in. The cat that really liked attention would like just run through rooms. It didn't pay attention to you. It just was too busy freaking out. At night, it would get on the children's bed and hide under their sheets. And they would frequently just find it, like, hissing and growling into nothing. Um, Beds began levitating. Pictures fell from walls. It just kept getting worse. That's bad. Yeah. And this is the point where the energy shifts from kind of a chaotic good so bad oh yikes okay so cindy then started to claim that voices began speaking to her when she was alone these voices would tell her sickly tales of the dead soldiers bodies that were in the walls (gasps) yes i've heard about that it would tell her that there were seven bodies hidden in the walls of the home oh my god wait wait wait. pause pause you didn't watch kindred spirits but they get one evp they get like zero evidence like the whole time yeah and it's interesting the whole thing is very interesting um because i know you talk about it a little later but and so i'll bring it up then too Uh but they get one evp i swear to you it says seven i swear to you nope <laughs> so no nope. take that I'm take out. that how you will i'm but out i'm like seven bodies <laughs> Mm, there you go so this 
this one freaked me the hell out. Um, one day, Cynthia was running late for school. The children took the bus to school, and the bus had pulled up outside when Cynthia realized she had forgotten to grab her books off of the stairs. The children went outside and held the bus while Cynthia ran to get her things. So, in the house, there was a hallway. And the hallway had the cellar door in it. As she went to run down this hallway, a black mass came out of the cellar door and filled the hallway. But she was so focused on, like, being late, she ran straight through this black mass. She was absolutely terrified, but was like, I'm going to be late for school, and, like, went and got her shit, got on the bus, and left. So she, like, acknowledged it, was fucking freaked out, but, like, left. Weird. Less than an hour later, her mother was called to the school to pick her up. Cynthia had fallen asleep in class, and the teachers had sent her to the nurse's office. She spent almost two entire days in bed asleep. It had completely drained her. Whatever she ran through drained her. Yikes. Um, That's like a powerful entity to be able to do that to you. One of the... This grossed me out throughout the whole book. Flies began to appear. Lots. Like Amityville. Yes. <gasps> Lots of them. To the point where Roger was obsessed with killing them. Like in the morning, the kids would be sitting for breakfast and he'd be standing in the middle of the kitchen with the fly swatter and a cup of coffee. Like just killing flies left and right. Oh, um, okay. Doors began to open on their own. People would see the latches unhook themselves right before their eyes. Um, one of those people being Roger, who was still a skeptic and was like, now nah, we're good, fam. <laughs> Dead ass. I'm not kidding. Okay. This man watched a door unlatch itself and he was like, that's weird. Hooked it back into place and like walked away. I was like, are you again? Kindred spirits. When you talk about that at the end, I will bring this uh, she spends, story about him. Up. Carolyn spends 90% of the book going, why don't you fucking believe me? It's f- infuriating. Um, <laughs> oh man. So, um, uh, they started to this bad smell started emanating throughout the home and it would like come up at random times where like the basement door would open itself and this smell would like waft out to the point where in the middle of winter they were opening their windows wide in the house because it smelled that bad they said it smelled like rotting flesh demons 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 Um, demons (laughs) the children actually had a chalkboard that they used for play pretend school which was so cute and they actually kept this chalkboard out in the barn. This is where the kids would often play. One day, Andrea went out to play and found that the chalkboard had been smashed to pieces. This chalkboard was extremely heavy. And so she ran into the house sobbing and her father came outside to check on it and even like said to himself, the kids could not have done this. It was hard for me to carry the chalkboard outside. It was that big and heavy. Wow. Like, for this thing to have been smashed to pieces, it was not anybody in the family. Like, somebody would have had to have come onto the property or something. Yeah. And <gasps> probably use, like, some kind of sledgehammer or something. Yikes. Like, okay. This was no way this was the kids by accident. Um, uh, the kids started saying that at night, their limbs would be yanked and tugged. 
So they'd be laying in bed and they'd just be like jerked, which is actually depicted in the movie. I don't know if you yes, remember that. It yes. happens to um, Joey. Joey, what the fuck is her full name? Shit, that actress. Oh, she's, I know who you're talking about. She's the one in the kissing about. booth. God dang it. I can't think of her last name I know who we're right talking now. about. Yes, her first name is Joey. She's also in Fargo. Yes, she's absolutely adorable. I love her. She's a really good actress. Anyway, yes, she is. I digress. Um, <laughs> oh, she's also in that movie about like the chemicals in that one plant. Have you seen that? No. It's like this olden time movie about these girls. Anyway, she played. Um, she also played Gypsy Rose. In the <gasps> yes, Hulu. she does play Gypsy Rose in the Hulu series. Yes, she is a good actress. Yes, she's a very good actress. Anyway, <laughs> um, so it was at this point that Carolyn was like, "I'm going to start looking into this house." Because fun fact, in Rhode Island, it is not legally required for realtors to disclose death or hauntings of any kind when selling a house. Of course not. And that remains till this day. So if somebody just died in the home and they were like, well, these people were shot to death. We're going to sell the house now. Two weeks later, they don't have to tell you. That's terrifying. Um, so this is when she kind of started to discover the dark history and started to learn about... Bathsheba and the Arnolds and all of the people that had died. Yeah. Um, Not good. And one spirit in particular had a deep dislike, disliking of Carolyn. Um, Andrea theorized in the book that this spirit may have been a head of household themselves and did not like that Carolyn was basically competition. So Carolyn came in and was like, had a household, took care of the kids, did all the shit. Right. And the spirit did not like that. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, did good. it move on you? I like, I accidentally put two fingers on there. So it like almost closed the app and I was like, what is happening? Okay. Um, yeah. And then I realized my fat ass other thumb was on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Um, so Carolyn said that she actually began seeing a woman and this woman was terrifying was she like bent neck yes bent neck lady she had gray hair and a quote crooked neck she had razor sharp teeth and yellow eyes she said um this woman she would see her all the time and this detail is actually and this to me was important this eventually when roger starts to believe led him to theorize that the spirit that was haunting them was susan arnold the 93 year old woman who hung herself in the barn i mean that would make sense she was a head of household she hung herself so her neck would be crooked all I think about when I like hear that part of like this whole story is the the bent neck lady from Haunting of Hill House, the very first. Oh season, yeah, where like she realizes it's it's a, sorry spoiler if you haven't seen it she realizes it's, it's herself the whole time. Yeah, oh that's terrifying. Yikes! So, um, Carolyn said that this woman would threaten her, tell her to leave. She at one point like made this very bizarre threat that was like I will make you suffer with doom and gloom and like it was just 
bad. Oh. Um, Andrea said in an interview, quote, whoever the spirit was, she perceived herself to be mistress of the house, and she resented the competition my mother posed for that position. Okay. So it was Andrea, too, who also theorized this. Um, one day when exploring the barn, Carolyn actually had a scythe thrown at her. For those oh my god! For those who do not know, that is the thing that the Grim Reaper carries. It's like what they use to like cut, cho- like cut like down like wheat. Wheat, and it's a very sharp, big fucking tool. Yikes. It lifted itself off of the beam where it was hanging and flung itself at Carolyn in the barn. Now, in the barn, where Thanks. she hung herself, where the woman hung herself. Okay, thankfully. It had been so cold in the house that Carolyn had tons of layers on. And when it hit her, it did hit her in the chest. It bruised her badly, but it did not cut her. Oh, man. Just a few days later, a neighbor was there. And a neighbor witnessed as a hanger lifted itself off of the coat rack and proceeded to beat Carolyn repeatedly over the head and chest. Oh, my God. Yep. She could hardly sleep. She began experiencing terrible body pain. She was always cold. Her stomach always hurt. And um, one night she went to go into bed and she actually watched her dresser erupt into flames. And when this happened, she became frozen. She was completely paralyzed. She could not do anything as she watched the room become engulfed in flames around her. She wanted so badly to like scream and fucking put the fire out and could not do anything. It lasted several minutes before suddenly the fire went out. She fell to the ground and there was absolutely no sign of fire. What? Yep. That's scary. And like I said, worst of all, when all this started really happening to Carolyn, Roger did not believe her. And I will preface this with he did believe eventually. He did come around eventually, but at first he was frequently a dick to the point where he constantly said to Carolyn, it's not that I don't believe you. I just think you're confused. (gasps) And she would be like, get out. He slept on the couch a lot in this book. Um, <laughs> Which sucks because when things happen and she's alone in the bedroom, how does he? Yep. It just like, it, it's like trying to isolate them. So that's what it seems like. one of the projects that Carolyn took on was the fact that the house was always freaking cold. Yeah. She absolutely couldn't stand it. The kids were always cold. The home was just fucking cold. Mm-hmm. When Roger was away on a business trip again, she was like, screw it. There's all of these freaking chimneys. They're just sealed off. She unsealed one of them. In the book, Andrea theorizes that this was a portal. And that Mr. Kenyon, or somebody prior to him, had sealed it off on purpose. This began a load of activities. It was after this that they like couldn't keep their pantry door shut. The cellar door was always popping open. The putrid smell got worse. It was bad. So, my notes jumped. See? I'm not crazy. I don't like that. (laughs) I'm not crazy. (laughs) Um, 
bum of a beach. There we go. Um, so another very strange event that I wanted to take note of, because this one, not only was it in the book, but it was online. Okay. Cynthia talked about this in an interview. The children in the middle of the summer were playing hide and seek. Children. Mm-hmm. So I want to say Cynthia and children at the same time. Children. Children. Cynthia went out into the barn and climbed into a wooden box that was out there. Now, this wooden box had hinges on the lid on one side. It just kind of opened and fell shut. It did not have any form of latch on it. No lock, no closures. It was just like it fell and kind of sat closed. Okay. She became trapped in it. She climbed into this box to hide. And after about 20 minutes, realized... My hiding place is too good. Nobody's going to find me. She tried to get out. She couldn't get out. She pushed and shoved on this box and could not get out of it. In the heat of summer, in the barn, she could not get out of this box that did not have air holes. Oh, my God. She began to panic, of course, and she started just trying to scream for help. And nobody could hear her. Nothing. Oh, no. Eventually, Nancy did find her. And at this point, she was hysterically crying, soaked in sweat, and almost unable to breathe. Oh, my God. She was eight years old at the time. That's crazy. I would, like, never play hide-and-seek again. No. Also, I could find absolutely no record of hide-and-clap. Oh, That's, they play that a lot. They were the like the seeker is blindfolded and you clap like they do in the movie. I couldn't find any record that they actually played that. Okay. In the interview I did read where I got this story, they asked about hide and clap and they just were like, yeah, we played hide and seek a lot. They did not say hide and clap. Okay. So that's the movie. Okay. So eventually the younger children did start to confide their fears in Andrea. Okay. Andrea's the um, oldest. Andrea's the oldest. The bad beach. She's the one that wrote the book. Um, and the one that beat the <laughs> shit out of that kid. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> My spirit animal. Uh, bad beach. Um, <laughs> My queen. So they started to confide in her more and more and more to the point where Andrea was like, okay, I've hit the level of concerning. Like, this isn't just like, okay, she told me this one little thing. It's like every day something new. And all of the kids are coming to her with it. All of the kids. And so Andrea finally said enough's enough. And she went to her mother. Okay. And this is when Carolyn sat all of her children down outside of April, who was the youngest. April wasn't even in school at this time. So she was like maybe four or five years old. Got it. Um, She sat her children down and tried to get them to talk they were a little bit reluctant she was like look i've seen things too this house there's weird things happening i want to know what's going on and reading this portion of the book was very interesting because there was five dialogues all at once and they like intertwined like she like wrote it as sporadically as it happened like Cynthia said this and Carolyn said this and Andrea said this and Christine said this and it, like it was just like chaos because once one of them started talking all of them started talking and they all had many stories to tell oh man so but at least they had a mom who was like 
I believe you. Yeah. This also all happened while Roger was on a business trip. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. God damn it, Roger. (laughs) Um, So one of the things that honestly kind of freaked me out was that at this point, um, two of the children acknowledged that the very first day they moved in, they walked into the home and saw a figure standing in the corner. Uh, this was just a black figure. It was a man. They literally called him Manny because they started to see him so often and he was a man. They gave him a name. Uh, they said he didn't do anything besides stand there and watch. Ew. They said the day that they moved in, he was watching Mr. Kenyon, who was there, and that he almost looked kind of sad that Kenyon Mr. Was Kenyon was leaving. Got it, got it. So they never got bad vibes from him, but they said he was there a lot, and he was always watching. Ooh. Um, at this point, Carolyn was freaked out. She was like, this is affecting my children way more than I thought it ever was. Right. We, she, like, in the middle of this meeting was like, we need to leave. All of the children said no. They were like, Mom, we love it here. We like the house. We like the yard. We like the place. We love this home. This is our home. And they were like, we don't want to leave. Huh. They just had started having bad experiences there. So I kind of get it. I kind of get it. They were like, we don't want the solution to be we're just going to run away. Right, right. I love that it was the kids. Yeah. That and were like, we're not going to leave, Mom. And it literally it literally said, like, she, she like, had an outburst and was like, that's it. We're moving. And the kids were like, what? No, no. And they all started freaking out. Every single one of them was like, okay. no, we're not leaving. Like, this is our home. This is our house. We love it here. Well, they all felt that sense of, you they, know, they homeness did. before this happened. So, exactly. yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. I just accidentally turned my notes. So <laughs> I like looked down and it was really tiny and like sideways. Um, so at this point, um, the parents started to try to attend church more regularly. Okay. Um, but news of this supposed haunting had spread. Oh. Things had begun to follow friends home. There is a recounting in Andrea's book of a friend of Carolyn's who came by and as she went to leave she had looked in her rear view mirror and the gray haired lady with the crooked neck was in her back seat nope 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 and she screamed and within a matter of seconds the figure disappeared I would be like you are not allowed in my car you are not allowed to follow me home goodbye my ass would have crashed the car (laughs) (laughs) I would have just screamed bloody murder and crashed like I would have (laughs) like to a stop and be like you aren't allowed to follow me goodbye get out (laughs) um so this and like she had started talking to friends the kids had kind of started to mention things to friends at school so word had gotten around oh man so they began to go to this local church and as they would go into church they started to notice more and more people giving them dirty looks like just scowling at them like we don't I'm sorry. want you here if you believe in god if you right? believe in I'd another like, come world in. come in my child and like literally in <laughs> catholicism there's like purgatory yeah where like souls are held like 
if you're thinking that there is heaven and there is hell, there has to be this in-between place. Like, I'm sorry, there has to be. Exactly. Where people who, like, either met a violent end, don't want to go, want to have their story told, or, like, have unfinished business, or, like, there has to be something in the middle. Yeah. There can't just be, like, good and evil. I'm sorry. There's gray. There's black and white, and then there's gray. There is. There's always gray. Just pointing that so, out. Carolyn said that one day they went in and April, the youngest, um, they did the opening prayer and they uh-huh. said the father, the son and the Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. And oh. April looked at her mother and went, see, mommy, they have ghosts, too. And this was not quiet. <laughs> oh, no. And that's like when my sister called the truck a fuck in <laughs> church one time. And my grandfather tried to, like, like <laughs> coax it out of her to do it. Like, <laughs> kids do that all the time. I'm sorry. That is the funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> what is this thing? It's a fuck. <laughs> I don't have any of those anymore. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. What's that song? I don't give a fuck what about, about you, you or anything about you. you. Don't give a fuck about you or anything that you do. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um so (laughs) that day the parents quickly like exited the church because like like, they said that and like all these people were like turning and staring at them and finally they went for a service on an easter sunday and at the end of the service the priest the priest approached them and actually expressed that the family should try to find a new congregation fuck people like that Fuck people this like family that. is fucking struggling. They're going through something that not many people are well versed in. And you're going to try and kick them out of your oh, church. We're Christians. We're inclusive. No, we love everyone. No, you fucking don't. You love who is normal in your eyes. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Listen, I hate religion. <laughs> I would have like smacked that priest in the face and been like you are a christian my ass i right? hope you go to hell right <laughs> so that was that's just awful oh my god so when do the warrens come <laughs> is it right now i literally hate you <laughs> i literally was my next sentence is when the warrens came into the parents life is not <laughs> just inhaled my own spit excuse me when the warrens came into the parents life is not exactly known time wise okay but many of the sources i read including the interview with andrea and cynthia they talk about the fact that um as you see in the movie carolyn appears at this lecture and that's what happened with the smurls yep and watches them give this lecture and then approaches them afterwards this story is partially true okay It was a family friend named Barbara who went to the lecture and approached the Warrens afterwards. Okay. And there was not a lot of reluctance. They were like, yes, we'll come out. I mean, after that many experiences, they have to be like, yeah, we're coming. Because I know in the movie, they're like, oh, we're not really sure. Like, whatever. She's like begging them. This is not like they were like, sure. I mean, if they go to a place and nothing happens and they can just be like, you're faking this. Exactly. So, the Warrens agreed. They came to investigate. This 
made Carolyn so excited. Yeah. She was like, somebody is coming here. They believe me. Who literally, literally words out of my mouth, who believes me? She was ecstatic. And Roger was not so happy. <laughs> uh, it, of course. Does he believe at this point? He believes. Or he still like so He kind of gets there. He believes. He because believes. they bring him back in the Kindred Spirits episode, and he believes. Mm-hmm. He does. So... He he believes at the end of this. At this point, he's kind of on the fence. He's like, I don't really know. Like, clear. Like, I don't think my wife's crazy, but this sounds crazy. Obviously, right, right. so somebody who is a skeptic, like, and who's ignoring the activity, exactly. So which he, they all should have been doing because if you ignore it, then you don't give it power. But as children, how do you tell a child like to ignore it? Yeah, you can't. You, you're like, oh, start ignoring people you see in the house that aren't your siblings or us. They're going to be like, well, what about friends? Like, it's just going to become a complicated circumstance that, like, yeah, what when do you you've do got kids, that? it's much, much more difficult because kids haven't gone through that phase of having the world fucking ruin their mind and make them well, believe certain things. So you're not going to sit. with the cats and the dog and the whatever, but yeah. okay. <laughs> but, like, spirit-wise, they got haven't it. they haven't hit that point where the world has been like this isn't real don't believe it and right, you're right, already right. a lot a of them are pretty young except for andrea right she's like a teenager exactly got it so um they said that um when the warrens came it's actually not that helpful <laughs> this made me kind of laugh they no. said they said that they came in and they, they came many, many times. They did multiple investigations over time. But it was the fact that when they came in, they never really did anything to rid of the spirits. They came in and they investigated. And they believed the family. They got their evidence. They knew it was true. But they never did anything to alleviate it. So it wasn't like the Smurls or the Snedekers or anything where like, or the Amity, I know I don't think they did anything really during Amityville, but like at least the Smurls and the Snedekers, they did exorcisms to try and rid the house of stuff. So they never did that. Okay, Nicole's giving me a face. Oh, so this is what actually happened. So, as they said, you know they were excited. There was somebody there who believed them, who would listen. Cynthia actually mentioned in this interview that I read um, how Ed was actually wonderful they called him fatherly and gentle Aww. they said that um when spooky the gr- when the girls would have experiences right <laughs> he's not real spooky he's not the spooky snack i'm thinking of but the spooky snack in the movie if i think of <laughs> if i think of patrick wilson i'm like hmm, spooky snack right okay they said um when the girls became upset when they had experiences and things he would get them to sit down and relax he got them to talk about their experiences he was very very calming and very gentle well, they had a daughter exactly so i'm sure that that was like they all like the family helpful. like her and andrea agreed like ed was just this beautiful presence in their Aww. home um so the difference the biggest difference from okay. the movie and the book okay the movie ends and you see that big exorcism in the basement and Things are wild. They never performed an exorcism in this house. Hmm. 
Ed and Lorraine even said in an interview when asked about this, they said, we would never perform that type of exorcism. That is for the Catholic Church. So, like, those extensive exorcisms, like... But they requested them for so many other cases. Why did they not do it for this one? Huh. Okay. So, what really happened was they were in the basement, but instead of an exorcism, it was a seance. No! No! Lorraine wanted to try and communicate with the spirits that were in this house. Because at this point, they realized that there was more than one spirit within the home. They wanted to try and figure out who this main spirit was and figure out what the heck was going on. Um, this is a quote directly from Andrew's book. Okay. When Ed and Lorraine Warren got wind of their predicament, they came to the farm expressing a sincere desire to be of assistance. And once the couple became involved, it became quite apparent Pandora had nothing on them. The energy Lorraine, excuse me, I'm sorry. The energy Lorraine released, the compassion Ed harbored for the children, coupled to create a whirlwind of activity no one could have predicted. Are they talking about Pandora's box? Yep. Okay. I was like, Pandora, what are you talking about? This Bathsheba. <laughs> um, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, I finished my wine, guys. <laughs> Just sitting here enjoying myself. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you about the, the seance in a hot second. I want to jump back to this moment. So during one of their investigations... Lorraine was speaking with Carolyn. Carolyn told her of an instance that had occurred. And this is how Bathsheba's name was tied to the entity that was following Carolyn. Okay. This was before Ed and Lorraine even came into the picture. This, I read this in the book. This is in the very first Okay, book. so this is before they come do anything on the property. Yes. Okay. This is just a tale that she later recounts to Lorraine. Got it. While resting on the couch, Carolyn got this sudden pain in the back of her calf. She sat up and lifted her leg and noticed immediately that the back of her leg was bleeding. Hmm. When she went to observe it, she found a perfectly round puncture hole in the back of her calf. Oh. She checked the couch all kinds of bugs, bees, anything. But she was simply laying on the couch, resting her eyes. Like directly on the back of the calf or like to the side? It said the back of the calf was the only location it gave. Because like I I can only imagine a spirit like you're you're sleeping on the bed like leaning over you and being like, God damn it, move your fucking leg. Move your leg so that I can get you perfectly (laughs) right in the back of the calf. Um, Okay. (laughs) But... What Lorraine said about this was it was a perfectly round puncture hole. Bathsheba is said to have killed a child with a sewing needle. Mm. This to me is a stretch. 
honestly, I'd believe Roger's theory more of Susan Arnold, the woman that hung herself in the barn. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense to me. As she's seen the woman with a the crooked neck. neck. And the rumors did say that Bathsheba hung herself, but we have actual medical records that say otherwise. To well, me... okay, okay, okay. But if she suffered a stroke and was paralyzed, right, from said stroke... And doctors who don't have modern medicine don't know what's wrong with her. Could they have pricked her with needles to see if her limbs would move? Maybe. That's fair. So it could be like, not residual, but like, you get what I'm, you, you catch my, gr- my drift? Mm-hmm. Like something like, like maybe she was laying in yeah, the, the same area because she couldn't get up because she'd had this paralysis because she'd had this stroke. That's and, fair. And maybe they, they like pricked her to be they like, did wake almost, up. Almost like acupuncture. Yes. That would make so, sense. I mean, maybe it's not exactly residual, but it's like replaying this moment for Bathsheba rather than it being Bathsheba being like, let me stab you in the leg. With the sewing needles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. I didn't think of that. That incident happened. Lorraine was like, yes, it's Bathsheba because sewing needle. So. Um, <laughs> I think maybe she was picking up on residual energy. That's the thing. That's, that's what I think. That is the entire reason Bathsheba is attributed to all of the negative things that have happened. Do you know is that there are that like moment. little pictures drawn in this cupboard down in the basement of the Crooked Neck Lady? Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. That's not shown in anything. Kindred spirits it is. Talked about anything. Written in anything. Kindred spirits. They go down into the basement of the house. That's fine. And there horrifying. are little children's drawings. I don't like Not that. adult drawings. Children's drawings of a bent neck lady. We're drinking more wine because we ran out of werewolf, Yo, guys. We drank all of our werewolf wine because I've been talking for 18 years and we are now, we switched to a Moscato and fucking hell, it's sweeter. <laughs> I was like, whoa. But if, if I go back, I'm gonna, I might tell my mom to go back and buy us like a case of that werewolf. Please it's do. so good. I will drink that for 18 years. Yes. Um, have werewolf, have so- the, the rosé with the with the Snoop Dogg. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Ryan came home with two bottles of rosé for me last night. Aww. Like, oh, thanks, baby. That's like <laughs> when Tyler comes home with steak for me from work. I'm like, oh, I love you so See, much. Ryan and I always text about dinner, so I know what dinner plans are. He's always like, hey, did you or, did you make something already? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I bought you a steak. Oh, like, <laughs> You're the best. Okay, sorry. Anyway. Bathsheba <laughs> is attributed to this because Lorraine picked up, I'm sorry, on probably residual energy. Yeah, I honestly, I think if anything, my personal belief would be that it is Susan Arnold. Yeah, the, bent, the bent neck. It just sounds more realistic. I want to know why she killed was, herself. So the thing is, what, during my research, Bathsheba was just a neighbor. There is one picture one picture that they say she is in and it is this drawing that is done of the arnold estate and there's a woman and i will post this in a it almost looks like a plaid or like checkered dress and she's kind of almost front and center in the photo and they believe that that is bathsheba but that's it that's all there is of her Hmm. this woman she she didn't she barely lived on the property she didn't own the she didn't live on it she lived next to it 
I mean, they owned it. They but like owned it, but they but never, she didn't live on they it. They never lived there. And I have a hard time believing that that would be her spirit, especially considering a lot of the things that they claim she did, the whole devil worshiping and the sacrifice of the baby. It can't like, be verified. It cannot be verified. None of it. It seems just all like hearsay. It, yeah. It seems mm. like a legend mm. that just formed based over time. on this kind of. Yeah. Not even maybe not even based on this, but like over time and then like it got picked up on like yeah. you can put energy into a space so much that you create mm-hmm. what you can create your own haunting. Like if you watch American Haunting, like guys, if you haven't listened to our Bell Witch episode, which was like forever ago, that's what the movie is about. Is that the girl creates her own poltergeist. Exactly. And that's what the Bell Witch is. Mm-hmm. Yikes. So like I said, they go on and they do this seance. No. Um, at one point, Lorraine. I already said this. Sorry. <laughs> Lorraine decided she wanted to make contact. So they do the seance. The seance <laughs> in the basement for God knows what reason in the basement. I don't know if this was because this is where they always tended to have the worst energy come from. The basement door always unhooked itself. That's where opened the smell by itself. came from, the right? smell was coming from there. Right. Um, that makes sense. So they, ho- they, I tried to say hosted and hold- held. We have had They hoed. <laughs> they hoed this thing. <laughs> wine. <laughs> Everybody's like, God damn it. These ladies are screwed. Tell the story. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so they have the seance. So they, she decides to make contact, during, and they want to host it. During this seance, <laughs> things do not go very well. Yikes. Carolyn becomes possessed. And they never do an exorcism? Andrea, who had snuck into the basement, said she witnessed her mother speaking in tongues, along with herself and the chair she was sitting in, levitating off the ground before her mother's body was flung like a rag doll across the room. So like basically the exorcism in the movie is kind of like what the seance was yes. in, in the real life. She said, quote, I thought I was going to pass out. My mother began to speak a language not from this world in a voice not her own. Her chair levitated and she was thrown across the room. It seemed that once the seance ended, though, it did leave her. So this was not like a full-time possession. This was because of the seance and that Lorraine successfully closed the connection. So after the seance, Carolyn was relatively okay. Well, do you think that it, because it was kind of attached to Carolyn, whatever this thing was, I it, think it, it, it came it, out through her? It took this opening of... This channel. Lorraine letting this energy come forward and she already had this connection to Carolyn that it it easily took her. Okay. And made her basically. I mean, that would Um, After the seance, (gasps) Roger actually kicked the Warrens out of the house. Really? He had become exceptionally concerned for Carolyn's mental stability and kicked them out. He now, saw all this happen, though. He was part of it. No, 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 like, 
he was just because after this because i knew he didn't believe so i wasn't it, sure if, like, at this point he was there okay basically okay okay um he kind of leaned toward the skeptic side but was like okay we're this far i've seen things my children have seen things that i can't explain because like in the book at one point when she starts saying like well you know what it's not just me your kids have seen things he looks at her and goes what have you been telling them the fuck yeah and she's like are you serious they came to me i'll be like they came to me she was like they're children they are so moldable i would never tell them anything i had seen if it wasn't for andrea i wouldn't have known that they were seeing things so at this point roger had grown but because of the possession part of this where she was speaking Speaking a different language and a different voice he became very concerned for her and literally kicked the warrants out okay now after this, I cannot find anything else about the Warrens. I do not know if they ever came back again. Now, this might be in the book. Like I said, the Warrens were not mentioned in volume one of Andrea's book. So if you read two or three, it might Maybe be in two or three, it might be mentioned. As far as I could tell, once he kicked them out after the seance, they were not mentioned again. Yikes. So, as I said, the Warrens came in and did all this, but never once actually helped them. They were like, okay, well, we've acknowledged... Drink some more wine, Nicole. Acknowledged. Acknowledged that there (laughs) are spirits here, but never did they try to get rid of them. Girl, I feel like like both of your episodes have been like, the Warrens came and they were like, hiya, bye ya. Yep. And mine, they were like, well, hello, we're involved so much. I will say my section, my section on them is very short. But if I had been able to read volume two or volume three, I feel like I would have had more. Um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I will say that there probably is more. Andrea was very thorough. The things... I mean, like I said, I read about the fact that Carolyn was stabbed with this, quote, sewing needle. Like, I read that in multiple sources. And then when I read it in the book, it was significantly more detailed. Got it. So, it's possible that there is more information in the book. This is simply what I could find online. What was a little bit in the book and then online. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, They were, and like I said, they did come multiple times. They were there a lot to do investigations it was just that once the seance happened roger was like no out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um well because you open a door and when you open a door it's hard to close it exactly and they had seemed to already open a door and they needed help closing, closing the door and i Lorraine, don't need the door to be Lorraine open was wide. Like, let me talk to him and they're like no close the door <laughs> <laughs> um, it was open a crack now it's open all the way yep i want it closed <laughs> <laughs> we're fucked thanks uh, anyway <laughs> um so the parents actually continued to live in this home for 10 years they could not financially afford to move out yikes okay um they many times even in the book i read which was within their first like couple years in the house they had mentioned moving 
Ooh. And, and they loved the house. They That's loved so it. And they just couldn't stay. It was, they were like, it's dangerous for our children. It is horrifying, but they couldn't afford to move. So they were there for 10 years. And unfortunately, the Warrens didn't help them. So they kind of just learned to exist with this haunting. Oh. Um, Ugh. Finally, makes me upset. In 1980, they sold the house. Carolyn Roger moved to Georgia, and at this point, all of the children had left the home, like gone to college or whatever. They left. They did as soon as possible. Every single one of them. They said that. After a while, they stopped spending time within the home, and as much as they could, they'd either be outside or away. Makes sense. And that at the age they could, they left. Ye- they yeeted themselves. They straight yeeted themselves <laughs> out of the country. That's house. my favorite thing to say now. Listen, I am 26 <laughs> years old, and recently, within the last probably month or two, learned what the word yeeted means because the younger. Are you serious? I'm 28. And I know what yeeted me. The younger generation really screwed up things for me. (laughs) I remember learning what yeeted means and died hysterically. And now every time I hear I hear the word yeeted, it just makes me giggle. Um, (laughs) I say it a lot. But they really did. (laughs) The children straight up yeeted themselves out of this house. Yeet. Um, um, I'm 16. Yeet. um, (laughs) Unfortunately, the parents do claim that Bathsheba. They say it's Bathsheba or whoever was haunting them followed them. While the house itself is still haunted, they believe that that main entity, the one that had focused itself on Carolyn, never left them. Man, kindred spirits. I'm telling you, you have to watch this episode. You have to watch it. They get an EVP that says... Perrin. I believe it. It's well, it says Perron because it's like you know the spirit box or whatever. But it says their name, flat out says their name. I'll believe it. And oh, I'll Wine talk board. about it. I'll talk about it when you start talking about this. Okay, because I did watch this episode and it was nuts. So, whoops, bought my notes. So, this is slightly terrifying. Yikes, no. The very original Conjuring movie was highly interactive with A, the Perrin family, and B, the Warrens. Yeah. The Warrens and the Perrins were often on set. They had a lot to do with this movie. Is it like the exorcists where things weird happen on set? mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Which is why things were so accurate. The Conjuring, the very first Conjuring movie is the best and most accurate one of them all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, all of the family was invited to the set. Mm. All five daughters were going to attend with Carolyn. Mm. Excuse me. Um, oh, excuse me again. Sorry. <laughs> all, of, all of our listeners just hear me going like... Um... Last minute, Carolyn, old of age, was just like, this is too long. She's passed now. Yeah. Like at this, like in 2021, Mm -hmm. she has passed. 
she at this point was like this is just too long of a trip for me i i don't think this is a good idea i'm gonna stay here and it was very last minute that she dropped out of this trip okay the five children went to the set well on set um they were asked to do an interview in front of cameras and they were like sure they have no problem talking about this they're very open about what happened I think that's good. Yeah, I think it is too. It's good to not keep it inside and like. And I'll I'll tell you. Be ashamed of it. <laughs> there's a fact that comes up. It's kind of like what? So hold on a second. Okay, okay, okay. So they sat down for this interview. Okay. They're in front of cameras, lights, mics. They're sitting on set. An hour and a half into the interview. This wind blows through. Andrea described this as like a 70 mile per hour gust of wind to the point where camera operators were clinging to their cameras. Things were knocked down. People were chasing things down the set. Like shit went wild. Is there footage of this? No. What? Not that I could find. I mean, I bet you if you own the DVD, at least, it's on the bonus footage. At least not that's released. Andrea mentioned they were sitting outside for this. When this gust of wind came through, she noted that the trees in the distance were not moving. But everything on set had been affected. That thing has something with them. It likes them. At this very moment Mm. back home carolyn had fallen and broken her hip are you serious deadly she died no she broke her hip well you just said deadly (laughs) (laughs) sorry i am deadly serious so i was like are she dead okay okay so she just fell and broke her hip she's fallen and she can't get up now The five girls are on set. At this point, they do not have their phones on them because (gasps) phones are not allowed on set. So they did not know this had even happened (gasps) until many hours later and they had left the set. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. (gasps) By the time they arrived at the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a line. So when this wind came through and like I said, Andrea noticed the trees weren't moving in the distance. She was like, that's fucking weird. Mm hmm. She leaned forward to her sister and said, it's Bathsheba's curse. When they finally arrived at the hospital to see their mother, her mother had just come out of, their mother had just come out of surgery. Mm -hmm. Their mother said one thing to them before falling asleep. And she said, Bathsheba didn't want the world to know. What? I'm so sorry if you guys just heard me scream into the microphone. What? You straight up, I'm staring at the computer right now. You, you're like sound waves dead ass broke the fucking. They're what? like off the freaking line. <laughs> I'm sorry if Macy busted your eardrums. Make sure you listen to this really quietly. Oh my god. Yep. 
so did she like she didn't like appear she just or anything she just no. like, fell and like was like she fell she went to the hospital had her surgery came out of the surgery her children got there and she was like i just had this feeling that beth sheba didn't want the world to know. beth sheba doesn't want the world to know well beth sheba does did we all know about beth sheba now I still don't think it was Bathsheba. No, I don't think it was Bathsheba either. I think that's the one part of this that I highly disagree with. I'd say it's Susan Arnold. We need to have the Stephen Queens listen to this episode. Because (laughs) they've covered this movie. Have they really? Mm -hmm. Ooh. Okay, that's interesting. I'll tell them to listen. Please do. (laughs) I think that that they're... It's like The Conjuring 3. Their entire, like idea it's is gonna be like they did a much better job of sticking close to this case like i said they consulted lorraine and the family a lot in the in the actual creation the of third movie. one is the only one that that the warrens well obviously ed is dead um that They're both they were now. not well yeah, i know but like the first two movies lorraine was still alive for, yeah but the third movie she was not but it was like the first one they consulted highly with them and then it was such a big success that they were like, we're going to make more. And I don't think, I honestly don't think they consulted with the Warrens at all in the second and the third one. I mean, in the third one, obviously that, not. Well, but hmm. the second one, I honestly, I think Lorraine might've been too old for them to really consult with. And, and I think she's dead by the third one. I think that they just did whatever they wanted. That's my opinion. Well, if you haven't listened to the episode on the, uh, go check out two weeks ago, go do it now. I, don't remember what episode number it is. I'm sorry. Well, what's this one? 46? Yeah. 44 then. It's 46. Yeah, it's 44. And Field Poltergeist is 44. Golisin. Um, so. After they moved out. Oh, man. I haven't been doing. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I have not been doing a uh, timer. Sorry, guys. Um, After they moved out of the conjuring house after 10 years after 10 years um andrea said this in an interview i could only find this in one place i don't know how true it is okay it is said that a man purchased the home with the intentions of renovating it um Sorry, I just like lost my place and then fogged for half a second. She yeeted right out of her mind. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> I really did. Um, Andrea said, and this is a quote, the man who moved in began the restoration on the house when we sold it. He, he left screaming without his car, without his tools, and without his clothing. He never went back to the house, and consequently, the people who owned it, the adjacent landowners, never moved in, and it sat vacant for years. So, I'm assuming after the parents had it, it sounds like... Some other dude bought it. Somebody bought it. Maybe they hired a contractor to come in and fix it, or whatever. This man ran screaming around the house. I just, I looked over at Macy, and she's just holding Albert, <laughs> this this spooky skull. Oh my god, if you guys don't know who Albert is, I'm so sad for you. 
Go back and listen to our We haven't talked about Albert in a while. I know. I know. Listen to I feel our bad neglecting him. I know. That's why I'm holding him. I literally looked over and she's like stroking Albert's head. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is His happening here? Right head. All the gears. <laughs> he, so, uh, he, so, okay. So, somebody bought the house after the parents. He left. Did it change hands before this new? Mm-hmm. This new lady owns it. Uh, guys, and if you don't know, she has a TikTok. Oh, okay. I'm getting there. I get there. Um, so this person left the neighbor's owner for a while. It sat vacant for a long time. They finally sold it to a move. Um, oh my god, we've had three glasses. I'm done with the wine. (laughs) The family that moved in. This was the Sutcliffs. Are they a paranormal investigative team? Nope. Okay. The Sutcliffs claimed that no activity whatsoever happened in the home. Okay. They said that their house was totally fine until the Conjuring movie was released. And at this point, the only thing that happened was their privacy was violated. Oh, everybody started swarming the house and wanting to see it. Exactly. She said um, it was Norma and Jerry Sutcliffe. She said that they would receive phone calls from people asking if they were truly the house from the movie. Um, they would have, they would um, wake up in the middle of the night and find people wandering their yard with flashlights. Ugh. Um, people, don't be like this. Seriously, don't fucking do this. This <laughs> makes you an asshole. Don't fucking do this. They ended up suing the studio that produced the movie mm. and winning. Nice. They... Um, uh, they ended up having the studio pay for an entire state-of-the-art security system. Wow. Plus, they coughed up a good chunk of money for damages. Wow. Because at this point, it had been, like, years. And people were just fucking trespassing. They didn't, they'd, like, fucking show up on their front step and, like, knock on their door and be like, is this house haunted? Like, don't be like that. Don't be that dick, guys. Don't be that dick. That's not okay. Guys, do you know how much I wanted to drive past the Jamalski house and, like, get out of the car and knock on their door? I wanted to, but I didn't. Okay. I'll have a story for you in half a second involving the new girl's TikTok. Oh, God. Um, So, in 2011 is when Andrea released this trilogy of books. Okay. She said that she actually sat down with her family to try and recall events. She said, and this honestly is to me, one of the scariest parts of this. She expected like they were going to talk about things and people were going to be like, no, like it happened like this or it was like this. That never happened. It was like this. She said everything they talked about lined up identically identically with how the other people remembered it she said all of their stories lined up exactly yikes that's fucking terrifying that is terrifying um scary so finally as of 2019 the Sutcliffs could no longer take it and sold the home okay in comes the Heinzen family, and I wrote literally in all caps, praise them. Um, they took this home and made it what it deserves to be. They do not live here. They have made it available for the people. 
So the Heinzen family. They're the ones that own it now. Yes, they own it right now. Okay. They consist of Corey and Jen, who were the parents, and their two children, Kyler and Madison. Okay. They have opened this home to the public. As of right now, you can investigate this home for money, which I will talk about in a little bit. Um, they have lots of experience in this field. Corey is an avid investigator. He has gone to places like Penhurst Asylum. He investigated Eastern State Penitentiary and even um, Waverly Hills. Wow. Jen does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. She talks to the historians, does like the historical digging of the cases. Okay. Now, as Macy had started to mention, and I I caught her off very quickly, (laughs) their daughter Madison has a very popular TikTok. I follow it. I do too. She posts tons of spooky videos, some of them recounting her own experiences. And she actually has recently started doing video tours. Yes. So there is, as the last time I checked, there was four parts. She said part five was coming, so it might have come out. I don't know. I might have missed it. Um, I don't look at my for you page that much. But she shows certain areas of the home. She actually, in one video, talked about the fact that while she was sitting down for lunch in the kitchen, a veiled humanoid figure ran past her and then vanished into thin air it's fucking terrifying um she also shows a room of the house where people sign the walls the walls are signed by ghost adventures kindred spirits yay and they're signed by the five parent children you serious deadly I need to stop saying deadly. Yes. <laughs> yes. All five parent children have signed the okay, wall of the like, home. I'm just thinking, I just watched the Kindred Spirits episode on this. I just recently got into Kindred Spirits. If anybody really likes them, like they did do an episode of Maplecroft, which I'm like dying to watch. But I, the first, very first season, I kind of was like, this is dumb. But like. <laughs> Once Chip Coffee comes into it, it's really interesting. I love Chip Coffee. And Chip Coffee was a close friend of Lorraine Warren. Mm-hmm. And something they really do that's interesting, and I don't mean to like step on your toes. You're good. Um, like I've talked about kind of like briefly through this whole thing. They bring in the parent family. Yes. All yes, of the daughters do. and the father, because Carolyn is passed. The father does talk about at some point being like touched on the head, like stroked. Yeah on the back of his head like all the time and like when chip does come in because obviously he like i said he was friends with ed and lorraine Mm -hmm. like very close friends um he like you can't hide what this like normally they like try to hide what the destination is for him yeah they'll like blindfold him and bring him in blind and yeah but you can't hide this like he's gonna know where it is and so um they bring him in and he says it's like so attached to the family it's mostly the family but what's interesting is there is at the time of this episode of kindred spirits a family owning it that are a pair of investigators yep ghost investigators yep which is so interesting and they have their own is that them that's them okay so they've owned it since 2019 anything that's come out has happened since 2019 the the suck list before them let nothing happen they would never let anybody on that property. It was like a property. son and a daughter and then the two paranormal investigator parents, yep. right? Yep. Madison and Kyler. 
Kyler's the boy. Kyler said that he had crazy shit happen to him there. This is... They're cool. Guys, li- watch Kindred Spirits. It's good. They don't get a lot of activity. But when Chip comes in and they bring the parent family in, it like ramps up. Like, oh, seriously. Because it knows them. It knows them. They and lived it's gonna there for come out so for long. Sure. And that they were the family that this basically it's like... Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's obsessed, obsessed with them. So um, anyway, sorry. You're good. So like I said, uh, Madison has this TikTok. If you would like to follow her, I wrote down her username. Her username is Madison period Heinzen 207. So let me spell that. M-A-D-I-S-O-N period H-E-I-N-Z-E-N 207. If you'd like to follow her on TikTok, she posts tons of videos. And the reason I mentioned, um, like, don't go there and be an asshole. She actually posted a really funny video outside of the Conjuring home. And she was like me running away from people, like, pulling into her driveway and trying to ask me questions about the Conjuring house. And she, like, shows herself, like, running up the driveway. Like, like it's like, it's a, it's like a comedic thing. But it's, don't be like that, guys. Just don't be that. Because she's not kidding. That actually happens. Because you can pay like i mean just be a normal person and pay to go there yeah i would pay to go we've already talked about our spooky ghost trip hell yeah we're gonna pay to go well i'm gonna tell you about right now (laughs) so um as i mentioned the conjuring house is now available for investigations as of right now it is nighttime only these investigations go from 6 p.m to 8 a.m it costs 125 dollars per person on a weeknight this is a weeknight. So this is Sunday night through Thursday night. Okay. If you prefer a Friday or a Saturday, there's a flat rate of $750, and this covers up to six people. Oh, okay. I was like, a person? No. <gasps> it covers up to six people, and if you would like to bring more than six people, you have to add another $125 per person. Okay. That's kind of like the Villisca Axe Murder House. They do have a flat fee like that. Exactly. Um, so they say specifically on their website, this hotel, this, <laughs> this home is not hotel. It's not a bed and breakfast. This is not a place to stay. This is purely for investigation. That's it. Okay. Um, they do offer beds for sleeping, but this is purely like a, take a quick nap, get back to investigating. You are not there to just relax and spend the night you're there to investigate right um the owners are always on site during the investigations and you must bring your own equipment okay they do not allow and this i took straight from their website and my brain immediately went how the fuck did anybody let bilbo baggins on the fucking grounds of this place they do not allow provocation seances crossing over spirits spell casting binding exorcisms or removal of any spirits. Okay. Um, well, I mean, if it's strictly for investigation, that makes sense. Exactly. They don't want to get rid of whatever is there. Um, they are currently working on adding daytime hours. They said that um, at the moment, they're just trying to figure this all out. The nightly investigations are currently open. A lot of them are fully booked. I was looking and like the soonest you could book was like three months from now. Wow. Um, They're like fucking booked every fucking night. Okay. Because you have to remember for years, this place was not open. Yeah. And people are like, I want to get in. The people that lived there were like, hell no. 
they finally left in this family and just in 2019 two years ago was like let's do this yeah yeah yeah. um if you would like to learn a little bit more their website is theconjuringhouse.com that is where you can book your investigations they have um, a frequently asked questions where i got the whole like don't fucking do seances and shit um (laughs) they tell you about what you can and cannot bring what you do Everything. I'm sure that Bilbo Baggins, though, came with his own, like, rider of, like, stuff he has to be able to do. Probably. <laughs> he's on a location. Right? Because I'm sure he was just like, fuck you, ghost. Come out here and bite me. Probably. <laughs> I honestly, I watched it when it came out. Mm-hmm. They did, um, so I wrote, I did, like, an extra facts kind of thing. So I talked about the fact that kindred spirits did an episode there and then ghost adventures actually did a two hour long halloween special Ooh. this wasn't a normal episode this was a two hour long halloween special okay um i last time i checked this was on discovery plus not positive if it's there anymore probably there but it's probably there um it was both episodes were kind of interesting kind of lacking Kindred Spirits was the same way. I've read, I like on their website, they have reviews and things. And I've read so many articles about from people that were like, we stayed the night and it was fucking horrifying. Like, but somehow when they bring in the television. I think it's the cameras. I don't think they they know it. I think it freaks I the think they're like, out. fuck you. I'm not getting out there. Yeah, exactly. And if, especially if like Bathsheba doesn't want the world to know. Mm-hmm. So... Hmm. that's available to you. Um, like I said, there was the documentary, the documentary crew that just a few months ago actually stayed in the house for two weeks. They lived there literally for two, two weeks, two full Shit. weeks. This documentary, I couldn't find how long it was, but they, they edit down obviously to movie length, movie documentary length. length. Um, they said that the crew came out of there absolutely terrified and changed forever. Um, if you would like to view this documentary, it is thesleeplessunrest.com and it will tell you where you can stream this. You have to pay to stream this, but it is available basically anywhere. It was like Amazon and Apple and Got everywhere. Um, and um, like I said, activity in the home, unlike the movie, never ended. They like in the movie are like, well, we did this exorcism. You're good. It's over. This is not true. One, two, two three, four demons are at the door. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, spirits are still in that house, and the parents believe that Bathsheba has followed them. And that is the wonderful story of sixteen seventy seven Round Top Road in Harrisville, Rhode Island. So, uh, yeah, that was the hella long case for Conjuring House. And I'm sorry that this episode is ridiculously long. That's okay. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Buzzkillers Podcast. Buzzkillers Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Buzzkillers Pod. Buzzkillers Pod. You can find us on YouTube. You hop in that handy dandy little uh, search bar and you type in Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. If you subscribe and like us and we get to 100 subscribers, we can get our own customized URL. So please, please do that if you feel so inclined. Fucking um, subscribe, bitches. <laughs> Fucking subscribe. 
Okay. Um, you can also find us on Patreon, as we discussed at the very beginning, where we talk for 15 minutes. Um, and, and, <laughs> and that's Patreon slash Buzzkillers Podcast. Patreon.com slash Buzzkillers Podcast. Sorry, I forgot to say the dot com thing. I would hope you understand what that means. I understood you. <laughs> <laughs> um, on there, we have two different tiers, um, and they both kind of give you different things. Um, you'll get, uh, depending on which tier you're on, a uh, customized card from us with stickers. You'll get to be a part of our um, Instagram close friends list, um, and you'll get all this spooky awesome extra content we're going to be doing um lots of coffee runs this summer lots of extra stuff um if you didn't know we talked about it on the stephen queens episode i'm just going to give it because uh, we already spoiled it we're going to a paracon in connecticut hey, yeah, um, we are and we are really excited so if you want to be able to see that extra content go follow us there Do um it. We are also everywhere you stream your podcasts, but more specifically, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music slash Audible, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and our host platypus, Podbean. House platypus! And, we <laughs> and we'll never stop calling it that. Um, never. So stay tuned, you guys. We have an awesome month for August planned um because it is our anniversary month our year anniversary so Hell we have to have awesome yeah. content today um, was our this month was our brainchild month anniversary next mm -hmm. month is launch anniversary launch month. month anniversary so stay tuned we will be back at you the first Sunday in August with a brand new episode of a brand new topic um so we love you so much thank you so much for the support thank you so much for your understanding with the third episode of this month it will be coming out soon we are going to re-record it and release it um so you'll still get it it's just going to be later than we planned and yes. we just so appreciate you guys and so appreciate that you guys are so patient and understanding and loving with us so um don't be a buzz killer me a buzzard <laughs> <laughs> we haven't said that in a while i don't know what that weird like winny like laugh was there. that's okay that's okay <laughs> but we love you bye bye this episode is brought to you by bk creations llc